0: I believe in Christ, he is my King, with all my heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy, in grand amens my tongue and flow.
1: Scriptures reveal the divine desires of the Lord and our behalf. Each of
2: us should have a burning desire to search the scriptures diligently and daily to seek the will of the Lord in our life. Brothers and sisters, on very thin pages, thick with meaning, are some almost hidden scriptures. Hence, we are urged to search, feast, and ponder.
0: If you are lonely, please know you can find comfort. If you are discouraged, Please know you can find hope. If you are poor in spirit, please know you can be strengthened. If you feel you are broken, please know you can be mended.
2: Okay, welcome to Go and Do. Uh, this is the lesson for First Nephi chapters eight through ten. Um, which will be January thirteenth through nineteenth. Um, the title is "Come and Partake of the Fruit." I'm Daniel,
1: and I am Feely,
0: and I'm Jason.
2: Um, this episode is the is First Nephi eight through ten. This will cover the dates of January thirteenth through nineteenth, twenty twenty. The title of this lesson is "Come and Partake of the Fruit," and. Um, Basically what happens in this one is um, Lehi has a dream. Um, As they're living in the wilderness, he starts to uh, ask questions of the Lord, and he has this pretty, pretty detailed dream, and he's recounting it to his entire family because he feels like it's more than just a subconscious dream. It's also revelation, and everything in it has a lot of significance. Yeah,
1: so. I like how it begins in uh, well with Lehi's de- dream in chapter eight. It um, in verse three and four, it it just he's talking with Nephi and he says in verse two, "Behold, I have dreamed a dream." In other words, I have seen a vision. And then he goes to say to Nephi, he says, "I have great reason to rejoice in you and Sam." But then. He then says to Laman and Lemuel, I fear exceedingly because of you for behold. And then he starts talking about the dream. I saw, I thought I saw a dark and dreary wilderness. And then he goes to explain that in this dream, there is, you know, a fountain of water, a wilderness, an iron rod, a river, a building and and so forth. And he kind of explains why he's nervous and anxious for Laman and Lemuel uh, because they're not paying heed or wanting to come partake of the fruit and then he he then explains the dream and then goes into explaining why these things should be written down for him and his ancestors and his descendants and that the Lord has commanded them to write these things down to write the most precious things down for the welfare of their souls Um, And it's really interesting. And then in the following lesson, I think, is when we hear Nephi going down and asking, what is the meaning of these actual things that my father saw?
2: Yeah, he kind of just goes through his dream and explains what every member of the family, kind of what their actions are in his dream.
1: Um, I like this quote at the beginning of the lesson, where it's under the "The words of God leads me to the Savior and helps me feel his love. And it's a quote by President Boyke Packer, and, he, and it says, You may think that Lehi's dream or vision has no special meaning to you, but it does. You are in it. All of us are in it. Hmm. So if we think about what President Packer said, what does this dream mean to us?
2: Yeah, I I think the first part is you know, Lehi in his dream, he partook of this fruit and he describes it as being like this incredibly delicious, desirable fruit. And then his next thought is, I want my entire family to have it. Um, which is human nature. I think when you have something that you really enjoy and it is desirable in your life, you want those that you care about to also have that same experience or at least have the chance to try it. And, um, it representing, you know, God's love or, or exaltation or the gospel in many ways. Um, he wants to share it with all of his children and his wife. And that's why it's so sad to him that in his dream, Laman and Lemuel don't even acknowledge the existence of the tree or anything. They're just kind of doing their own thing.
1: So one of the one of the activities or suggestions that this lesson has for us is to look at the symbolisms. What are the symbols in the dream? What are their meanings? And then the actual part of going and doing is questions to ponder, coming up with questions about what these symbols mean and how do I ponder what that meaning is for me. And in essence, you know, when we look at the dream, we, You know, we we are all very familiar with the saying, hold to the rod, hold to the iron rod. We have a song about it. And if you didn't know, it comes from this dream. And what Lehi is trying to teach his children is by holding to the rod, which represents the commandments and the word of God, by following his counsel, you will make it... To the tree of life to eternal life to happiness to fulfillment to whatever that that is right um and then he, he kind of breaks down some of the characteristics of people that choose not to hang on not to travel so i view the dream as kind of like an outline of our journey through mortality through you know what what kind of Traveler are you going to be what are you going to seek after and there are people like lemon and Lemuel for example in Lehi's dream Who aren't even interested going to the tree. Yeah, they're interested in other things But what Lehi I think is trying to teach is ultimate happiness comes from that tree from the fruit from Jesus Christ And so we can see that in our day. We can see people who they just hey, I'm just gonna live my life do whatever I want. I prefer not to believe or think in something and just, you know, go about it. And then there are those that want to get to the tree but want to get there a different way than holding the rod and they don't make it. And then others that want to do it but then fall prey to those making fun of them or Mm. the popularity. It's not as popular as it should be.
2: Well, I think that um, it's interesting that Lehi calls out to them and he even calls out to Nephi, Sam and and Sariah but he never goes to get them. And I think that that shows that this is kind of a one-way trip that you're going to go and find the gospel and stick to the gospel and receive the blessings of the atonement and you're not going to leave that to go back under under the idea that you're going to go rescue people right he didn't go out there into the mist and everything and into the open field and whatever and go and grab Laman and Lemuel and bring them back in many ways that might seem like oh he's being a missionary he's reaching out but he's having to leave behind in the metaphor right he would have to leave behind that which he's obtained the testimony that he's gotten yeah. to go and try and reach out to, to these guys. And instead, he just calls out to them and and beckons them and, and says, hey, pleads with them a little bit. Come and partake of this. But he doesn't leave the tree to go and bring so, them back. Kind of like,
1: we should help people, but not um,
2: at our expense.
1: No, nah, that sounds <laughs> kind of selfish. We'll
2: not compromise our own standards. Right
1: because in in the in chapter 8 first Nephi chapter 8 verse 37 and it says and he did exhort them meaning lehi exhort Laman and Lemuel with all the feelings of a tender parent that they would hearken to his words that perhaps the lord would be merciful unto them and not cast them off yea my father did preach unto them so it's it's not that lehi was hey i'm going to invite you and doo-doo-doo. If you don't come you don't come no he, he tried his hardest his best but I think the lesson is is everyone has to walk the path themselves you can teach you can exhort and as a parent you have a responsibility as a spouse as a neighbor as a fellow human being you have certain levels of responsibility to help to exhort to teach and preach but ultimately in and, and likewise for us no amount of hearing and teaching given to us will affect any change until we actually use our agency ourselves to to follow the path to obey the commandments, to pray to to do the things we we think we should
0: look look how the the whole dream starts. He starts by saying he's visited. The person speaks unto him and says, "Bade me follow him." And then he follows him, and he was in a dark and dreary waste. And he said that he had traveled for a space of many hours in the darkness. And then the only way to get out of the darkness was to what? Oh, he see. began to pray unto the Lord that he would have mercy upon him. And then all of a sudden it started getting light, and he could see that he was in a large and spacious field so his journey had to start with doing something he was invited he followed and then he could have been walking for many more hours in the dark right until he made the decision to call upon the Lord and that's probably what Laman and Lemuel never took that step they heard his father they heard his mother and that was it but they never took the action to call upon God
2: well isn't that kind of a reflection on maybe Lehi's life up to that point. Like, we know that he eventually was called to be a prophet and was warned to leave Jerusalem because he was a, a righteous person. But maybe he hadn't fully received a testimony of the atonement of Christ until that point. And when he started to call out to him in Jerusalem saying, what should I do for my family? That's kind of when he realized, you know, okay, there's a bigger picture here that I haven't been seeing. And that's when the Lord started reaching out to him and saying, you need to take your family out into the wilderness. And that's kind of, I always think about uh, when he calls out to Nephi, Sam, and Sariah from the tree, there's no mention of an iron rod at that point. And if you think about it, they didn't have all of the scriptures. They didn't have all of the word of God when they first started on this path, right? They had to go back and get it. And so a lot of this was being done just purely on faith and on relying on each other and on the Lord and the connection that they had with Him. They did not have the Word of God to follow step by step. That didn't come until after they had all arrived and then he starts talking about multitudes coming and following the iron rod. And that's kind of the foundation that they laid by going back and getting the Scriptures, right? They had the Word of God from then on.
1: Yeah. I like I like the section in the lesson where it talks about God will reveal his truth to me if I seek it diligently. And um it it gives us two examples to consider in this section. One is Nephi's response to the dream, and the other is how Laman and Lemuel responded to their father later on in chapter fifteen. But if we read Nephi's response It says, I, Nephi, having heard all the words of my father concerning these things, which he saw in a vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, he says, I was desirous also that I might see, hear, and know these things, you know, which which he knew by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him. As well in times of old as in times as he should manifest himself into the children of men. And then he goes to kind of bear his testimony a little bit, saying, For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the ways prepared for all men from the foundation of the world, if so, it is so that they may repent and come unto him. For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well as in times of old as in as well as in times of old as in times to come wherefore the course of the lord is one eternal ground so nephi's um, reaction is i believe in my father but i want to go no i want to know for myself and the way that i know for myself is through the holy ghost And the Holy Ghost is a gift unto us because God loves all his children and want all his children to come to him and if it worked for people way back then it will work today and it will work tomorrow and then the 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 contrasting scriptures that they give us to look at is the way Laman and Lemuel responded in first Nephi chapter 15 verse 1 through 10 and then and when and at the beginning of those verses, Nephi is also seeking revelation, seeking understanding, and seeking from the Lord. And then his brothers come to him, and they say, Behold, in verse 7, Behold, we cannot understand the words which our Father has spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree, and also concerning the Gentiles. And Nephi says to them, Have ye inquired of the Lord? And Laman and Lemuel say, we have not, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. Behold, I say unto them, how is it that you not keep the commandments of the Lord? How is it that you will perish because of the hardness of your hearts? And it's a good contrast. I I think it's a good lesson for us in our day. You know, how many times I think I find myself a lot more on this camp, believing that the Lord cannot make that thing known unto me. I just have to believe somebody else's word. I think it's more common to to even if you have good intentions, even just to feel, oh, those spiritual experiences; those are for the prophets; those are for them. That's for more righteous people, or that's for other people. And I think that's a big lie. And and you know, and and Nephi kind of speaks to that because I think also what's interesting is Nephi we view him as someone who was very stalwart very brave very courageous very obedient but he was a very curious guy he asked a lot of questions and asking the right questions led him to receive revelation and in this and it's interesting because in this lesson the one of the examples is to think about the symbolisms and then write down what questions we should ponder on and I believe the brethren know that and are trying to teach us that by pondering the right questions, we can receive our revelation. They're not coming out and telling us everything in this lesson, but they're teaching us that by by looking for the right questions, we can get our own revelation.
2: Not yeah. only that, but remembering that Nephi, every time he was asking these things, he's acknowledging wholeheartedly that he does not know something. He's humble about it he's saying, I don't know. My father said so. And I do believe him, but I want to know for myself. And I don't know. And in order to know, I'm going to have to humbly ask. And so every time that that happens, I'm like, there's some, you have to acknowledge that there's things you're not fully versed in. Right. And, and be willing to ask and receive whatever answer you get. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that, that it would be pointed out that if we diligently seek it, we too can know. It's not just, hey, you need to just believe this. We're, we're never told that. Just believe it and be quiet. You know, We're never told that. It's believe this and ask for yourself. That's always the fault.
0: And I think Lehi set them up perfectly. Lehi told them just enough to whet their appetite that, hey, if you want to know more, You know, I've taught you how to find out more. Go and pray. Go find it. And he knew that some would and some wouldn't. That's how we get the rest of the revelation.
1: Well, it's kind of how you, you would teach your children, right? Anything, you know. You can read to them for so long, but at some point they have to start reading. And maybe the books you give them are, you know, kids' books. You're not going to give them, you know a very complicated book but little by little we increase and i think that's i find i'm really intrigued by this notion of asking the right question cuz i think that's part of like for me when i feel like my prayers aren't being effective either i'm not being sincere i'm just doing it just to do it or when i'm asking for I'm not asking the right question. And the right question frames the whole situation in the right way for you to act.
2: Well, you can approach it by saying, um, let me know what I should do. And that's pretty vague, right? (laughs) That's pretty open-ended. And you might be thinking, "I'm, I'm demonstrating that I'm willing to do anything. Let me know what I should do. But Heavenly Father is kind of like, nah, you need to put a little more work into this, right? You need to think this out. You need to ponder it out a little bit. Come come with some options. Make a decision even on what you should do. And then come and ask me, is this the right decision? Asking the right questions isn't just saying, okay, reveal to me what I should do and what I should know. No, 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 no. Well, like, it, it requires a little bit more on our part. Not that he can't, but I think that he's like, that's too easy, you know? If I just revealed to you what you should do all the time without you having to do any work, you're not learning anything. You're just following orders. No, you need to put down a little bit of a foundation like Nephi did, right? Saying, okay, now I know this. What is it that I want to know? And when we get to the next lesson, the first question he's asked is, what desirest thou? Right? Even then it's like, okay, tell me what exactly do you want to know? Not just, okay, break down this dream for me. Okay, but what do you want to know about it?
0: And, and he wouldn't know what questions to ask unless he actually studied and pondered about it first. <laughs> exactly.
1: Let me let me ask you guys a question. Um, one of the the scriptures in this um, lesson uh, guide us to go look at Doctrine and Covenants section eight, verse one through three, and it's the famous Oliver Cowdery question um, on on. On the first verse, it says, um, Surely you shall receive a knowledge of whatsoever thing you shall ask in faith with an honest heart, believing that you shall receive a knowledge concerning the engravings of the records. And then in verse 2, he also tells him, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which shall come upon you, which shall dwell in your heart. And then verse three it says, "Now behold, this is the spirit of revelation. Behold, this is the spirit by which Moses brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea on dry ground. What is that when you hear that and you think about these scriptures, what does that mean to you? you know I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the Holy Ghost.
2: It's kind of like what we talked about previously that you know when Ephi was killing Laban. How do you know when it's your own thoughts or your own feelings, and how do you know when it's the Lord revealing something through the Spirit? And I think that that comes, we mentioned that comes with practice, that comes with experience, but also freely acknowledging I have learned something new. Where did this come from? Um, Is it just something that I randomly understood finally or is this the lord testifying this to me through the spirit
1: yeah and i mean there's also some some preparation asked of us you know it says asking faith we can talk about what is asking in faith you know with an honest heart i think it's saying real intention the the answer you receive you'll act upon it not I want this answer, and I kind of tricking things into feeling like this is what should be the right thing, right? With an honest heart, believing that you shall receive knowledge, you know There's also the the famous doctrine covenant scripture of uh, study it out in your mind and heart.
0: That's th- exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of it lays on you. You have to study it out. You almost have to plan and go, okay, this is what I would do. With my limited knowledge, this is what I would do. Now I'm going to go take it to him and I'm going to say, hey, this is kind of what I've decided. And you're really, you're just seeking for his acceptance, right? And if it's important to him, for you, the direction you're going, then he will okay it. And you'll be like, okay, well, I feel okay. I'm going to go ahead and do this. But I think if if he really doesn't want you to go this way, then you'll be like, mm, I, I need to study this out more. I need to think about it. Or I need to go get someone else's help. I need to go talk to so-and-so. I need to get more information. I, I think that's how most of my personal revelation comes, is I got to do a lot of the legwork first. And then every once in a while, all of a sudden I'll get this idea. It's like, oh, well, I, I didn't think about that.
2: Well, the lesson says God will reveal truth to us if we diligently seek it, yeah diligently, not if we just ask a question once um diligently, so I looked up diligence right what exactly what is what does that word mean um constant in effort to accomplish what is undertaken um it comes from root words from Latin attentive assiduous careful um deligere which means to single out value highly esteem prize love aspire to be content with appreciate to pick out select and then the other part of this is um, a root legere to choose or gather to collect or gather so you're kind of if you think of it in, in a sense of gathering information or gathering knowledge or going out and valuing things that you're learning and and picking up along the way, the the seeking of truth is not something that's necessarily instantaneous. You might get an initial burst of the Spirit telling you, hey, this is true. But when you really, like Nephi did, he felt what my father said is true. But to get greater knowledge about it, he had to really dig deep, right? And, um... Do it diligently. That promise is available to all of us, right? We all have that. Yeah, I
0: don't imagine Nephi, right after the dream, said, oh, I'm going to go get in my tent, kneel down, I'm going to pray and get the rest of these answers. I would not doubt that he spoke with his brothers and his fathers and had conversations for you may maybe a few days, you know, or a week or two, and then he's like, you know what, I... I've talked to well, this with my brothers, my mom, my dad. I I want to know more. And then he got the courage and information that he had, and that's when he knelt and prayed. Well,
1: he mentions many times he was pondering. I was pondering the words of my father, and I was carried off to a high-top mountain, you know? And then it starts, his vision starts, right? And And pondering is like actively thinking about something, you know? It's not just, oh, I'm curious, but you have to, you know, in in that, um, in Doctrine and Covenants 9, it, it talks in, in verse 7 and 8, it says, Behold, you have not understood. You have supposed that I would give it to you when you took no thought save it was to ask me. But behold, I say unto you, you must study it out in your mind. Then you must ask if it be right. And if it be right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore, you shall feel that it is right. So, there's many steps. And even if we go before, he says, Do not murmur, my son, for it is wisdom in me that I have dealt with you after this manner.
2: Because because I can just tell you. It's within, I mean, he's all powerful. He can just tell you. And if you go and ask once, he can tell you, boom, here's the truth. Here's the answer.
1: Yeah.
2: But... It's like everything else in in our life now, the things that you don't really have to work for. If, you just, if your kids came to you and you just gave them money every time they came and asked for it, they would never understand the value of that. They would never appreciate it. And the same is true with gospel truths. If we went to our Heavenly Father and He gave us answers every single time just instantaneously, we wouldn't value it as much as going through the experiences to earn a testimony.
1: Well, it also... I think it also speaks to the fact that we we think that learning is a memorization of facts. Like you ask a question, you get an answer. <laughs> and Heavenly Father is not interested in that. He's interested in making us different than we are. We're in a journey to become, not just to do things. You know? And so in the Tree of Life, he tells these examples of of behaviors of people who are Are very consistent in following the Lord's commandment it doesn't mean that their trail is shorter it means they will get there and then you have people who decide oh I'm gonna deviate a little bit and just let go and go see what's over here and then they get lost in a fog and when they're holding on to the rod it doesn't feel dangerous you know like when they're out there that's when the fog comes in and so many times we think oh i can do this one thing and i'll be all right i'll be able to repent i'll repent right before i die or i repent before sunday or like that's why i think the fog to me means you cannot premeditate repentance you know
2: it also causes you to not necessarily know what's coming and it doesn't matter as long as you're holding on to the rod we don't know what's going to come in our lives we don't well, know what challenges we might come up against
1: well either well yeah we we it can happen to us and we all know people whom we love who get to that point that say, I don't know how I got to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I got this bad. You, see, you hear that a lot with people who do atrocious crimes or, 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 or things and they're caught, they're in jail and then they say, I don't know how I got here. And I think it's that fog. It's that sense that a little bit doesn't hurt and then before you know, you lose your bearings. You don't know which way's north and south. And then you just get deeper and deeper into the swamp, and you're gone.
0: Here's a thought. The rod is next to what? A straight and narrow path. And I think a lot of us think that a straight path is the shortest route from A to B. Here's my thought. A straight path is a path that gets from A to B. But, the rod is there because if it was just a nice straight path, why would we need a rod? You would just stay on the path and walk. But I think the path is straight, meaning it will get to our destination, but it goes up and down, there's stumbling blocks, there's creeks, there is fog, there's storms, but the rod is there to help us so we don't stumble so that we could get through the creek, so that we can climb the hill. And it's, I think, if you picture it that way in your mind, it's not this easy path, That it's like, well, I'm holding on to the rod. Why is it so difficult to live the gospel and to get through this life? It's straight because it will get you to your destination, and holding to the rod will make it easier to get there.
1: Well, I also think there's symbolism in the fact that When it speaks about the great and spacious building is when it only had effect on people when you heeded what they were saying, when you were trying to hear what they were saying, you know, and I think if you focus on the rod and the path, it is easier than you holding on to the rod and looking around, you know. And I think we kind of tend to do that. We tend to look around, what's that person over there doing? <laughs> how far am I? And, and you're looking, oh, I'm ahead of that guy. Or, yeah, comparing uh, you know? to
2: others. How far have I come? Am I passing this guy? And what's wrong with him that he can't just keep walking? Right? You start doing even these comparisons um, distract it, you from just, just stick to the state of the course. Right.
1: Yeah, I find funny is you have a family who, for the most part, all we know about them is they've been traveling. <laughs> they know about paths, they know about rivers, they know about hills and trees. You know, this is very familiar to him. And the Lord speaks to Lehi in a with these symbolisms that are so familiar to them, you know. These paths and st- and and it and I bet if you were to tell, you know, their kids and say, Listen, children, I've Dream the dream and there's a path. If we stay on this path, they're like, Dad, we've been going on a path our whole lives. What are you talking about? You know? But but you say, you know, and then and then you insert in there, like you said, the iron rod. This will make sure that you never lose your way on a path. Can could can you imagine? I'm sure they've had been lost, they've wandered a while until they got to Liahona, remember? They were wandering around, not knowing where to go. Then they get to Liaona, and then they don't obey. And then in the sea, even in the sea, they're lost. And it's kind of like a sure way of getting to where you want to go, you know?
2: I always think of there's certain hikes, um, like in Zion National Park, that are treacherous. They're dangerous. And as a result, they've installed chains into the wall of the the rock, because the other side is a thousand foot drop off, right? And it's a, this narrow little path you're walking on. And a few years ago, I went and did one of those types of hikes with my wife and it was on New Year's day and the whole trail was covered in ice. And the really, the only way we were able to do it is by hanging onto that chain the whole time. The path was clear. It was very obvious. It was a very well worn path. It was extremely clear of how to do it or where to go but without that chain we would have slipped and fallen and who knows what and so it's this way of saying yeah the the way is clear you can say to someone just have faith in god okay well all right and just just use his atonement just use the atonement of jesus christ for salvation okay well that's a clear path but how and and how do I stick to that that? And so when I think about, you know, um, in First Nephi 8, verse 30, it says, But to be short in writing, behold, he saw other multitudes pressing forward, and they came and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron. And they did press their way forward, continually holding fast to the rod of iron, until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. What does that mean for us? What does it actually mean in our day-to-day lives to hold on to that rod? What are the actions that we have to do as people that signify we're holding on to the rod in, instead of just walking on the path or just aimlessly searching for some something out there?
1: You know, a thought I had while you were talking was we have to walk the path. So many of us, especially here in the church, we go to Sunday school, we go to these things, we hear... What the tree is. We can even see it. We can feel it. But it's that Sunday. Monday through Saturday, you got to be out there walking.
2: Well, and you can even hold on to the rod. And that doesn't do you any good, right? To just hang on there and just latch on to it. I'm not leaving. I'm not deviating. You, you
0: may have to rest here and there. Sure.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but even, you know, you look at the world we live in and everyone's got opinions about everything. A basketball player, oh, they should have done this, the coach should have done that, blah, 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 but no one is walking. Everyone is philosophizing out there, you know, <laughs> and and it's all theory, and what Christ is saying is, come, walk, here's the path, here's the way, I am the way, my words, my gospel is the way, and if you do that, you will get there, and it's funny, because I, I, I view, like, in my mind, I view the path as there's many things that you have to overcome to build your strength, you know? But as you overcome, it's like when Christ says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As you follow the commandments, it becomes easier to follow them. It's only hard as we're changing habits, you know? But once you get over that initial habit, it becomes easier and easier. And you can, you can look at that at any example in our lives. We, we put forth effort and then we're rewarded with increased strength, whether it's exercising, whether it's mental acuity, as you're reading books, as you're researching, you're learning how to use Excel or use a database, or you're learning how to cook a recipe. The first few times, absolutely, it's going to be a mess. But eventually you can cook that cake eventually you can make you know that program you know you you can and and that's the lesson of this life is by our effort meaning by using your agency correctly you can gain a reward well at the end of this we're brought to um, first Nephi 10 verse 20 through 22 and it's, and it's just an invitation, and, and an invitation and some wise words that says, Therefore, O man, for all thy doings thou shalt be brought into judgment. Therefore, if ye have sought to do wickedly in the days of your probation, then ye are found unclean before the judgment seat of God. And no unclean thing can dwell with God. Therefore ye must be cast off forever. And the Holy Ghost giveth authority that I should speak these things and deny them not. And so, the end, you know, at the end of the lesson, it just invites us to consider how is being physically unclean similar to being spiritually unclean? And what can we do to make sure we remain spiritually
2: clean? By not, by holding on to the rod and walking the path, those two things put together. Moving forward, finding ways to progress spiritually and in your life, and at the same time, remembering to stay humble and to, because humility is what makes you reach out for that rod. Being humble enough to listen to the word and to follow it and to not say, oh, I don't need this anymore. I'm good now. You know, as soon as you start doing that, you open yourself up to a whole world of possibilities where you could be led astray. You start listening to the people in the building. You start getting distracted by the fog. You start looking over the ledge to the river down below. You know, whatever it might be, you start getting distracted instead of just holding on to that. And I think many times um, if we do both of those things, keep walking on the path, keep progressing spiritually and in life and hold on to the rod the whole way. Even when it gets hard, even when you do need to stop and take a break, don't don't ever let go. Don't let go of it.
1: It's just, you know, it's a very symbolic dream to say that. If you follow Jesus Christ's gospel and you make him the rod in your life, that if you if you follow him as if there's a path and he's there with you, you're gonna be okay, you know, and it's funny because as a parent, Lehi, the most comforting thing he can tell his kids is I'm not going to be around to answer your questions or to lead you anymore, but if you follow this path, you will be happy. You, your ancestors, your kids, you know, all of that. And I think, I think there's a a lot of application there for all of us.
0: He just repeats himself, diligently seeketh, in two different verses, at the end if you want to know the mysteries of a god diligently seek by the power of the holy ghost all will be unfolded and shown unto you
1: it's funny that term mysteries because we think of it as something secret that you're trying to keep away right a mystery you know but (laughs) what he's saying is it's a mystery
2: because you're not coming and seeking it. Because you haven't done the legwork to uncover the mystery.
1: and Because I think most of gospel things are um, the opposite of our natural tendency. They're the opposite of the natural man. What we naturally will do, someone slaps you, you slap them back, right? <laughs> turn, But Christ says, turn the other cheek. The Book of Mormon
0: is truly the keystone of our religion, and that a man and woman will get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. And if you then go and do what he would have you do, your power to trust him will grow, and in time you will be overwhelmed with gratitude to find that he has come to trust you. There is no end to the good we can do, to the influence we can have with others. Let us not dwell on the critical or the negative. Let us pray for strength. Let us pray for capacity and desire to assist others. Let us radiate the light of the gospel at all times and in all places, that the Spirit of the
2: Redeemer may radiate from us. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ invites us to take the
1: covenant path back home to our heavenly parents and be
2: with those we love. He invites us to come follow me.